All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, and Tyler and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Oilers Nation Radio, episode 150. It is a free agency emergency podcast. As we speak today, it is Wednesday at about one o'clock here in Edmonton. Lots to get to, lots to talk about. First, I want to shout out our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Follow them on Twitter at Sherwood Ford on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the Giants. Still looking outside. No Bronco. And today we have got a jam-packed edition of Oilers Nation Radio. I invited the entire squad in here. And uh, we got a lot of people who are going to give some takes. So I've got, I'm Bag Milk, Wozniak, uh, Matt Woz is on the boards today. He's a producer of Nation Dan here. Rick is at the Mark Spector Golf Tournament, though he is in the mix. Zach Lang here. is here. Coomsy is here and checking in from his vacation. Tyler Uremchuk is reporting in from a deck somewhere in BC. We have got a packed house here, gentlemen. My question, I'm going to start this off with the short four giant question of the week. Let's just start off with the story we've all been talking about for weeks now. Zach Hyman officially in. Zach had it up first thing this morning. Seven years, $5.5 million per. I will start off with Nation Network News Director, Zachary Lang. Your thoughts on the deal first, my friend. Yeah, first off, off the top, I like the deal. I like the contract. Uh, you know, the others go seven years, $5.5 million on the contract. So, uh, they give up a little bit of AEV by stretching out the term of the deal. I actually like the way the contract is structured too. I think it's uh, got some some ability in there for some flexibility for the down the road. And I think that's really important for the team too. 
It's Rick. Mutual Mike Rick. They're ordering drinks. <laughs> Rick is ordering drinks at the Spectre Golf Tournament right now. He is not, Rick is not, not, not interested in what Zach has to say. Absolutely <laughs> I was not. Hiding. We will I make sure that Rick is well uh, hydrated. Holy Rick, shit. Back on me, please. Zach, this is a horrible idea already. <laughs> Let's go. Zach, <laughs> back in the on. saddle. Um, yeah, I like the contract. I like the way that it's structured. So, you know, <laughs> there's some signing bonuses towards the end of the deal. Um, but the Oilers still have the ability to buy out the last two years or the last year of the contract if that's something they choose to do so. Yeah, sure. You know, they're not going to save a, a whole bunch of money. But if if Hyman, you know, collapses as a player in the final year or two of his deal, uh, the Oilers have a reasonable out to save a little bit of money there. Um, I'm really high on Hyman. I think he's going to come into Edmonton and be exactly what the Oilers need and exactly what they're looking for. Uh, obviously, you know, there's some concern with the, the term on it. And, and, you know, there's the, the ghosts of Milan Lucic past that, of course, is uh, concerning for a lot of people. But I think Hyman's a bit of a different player than Lucic was. And, and I expect him to play at a higher level for a, a longer amount of time. Yoremchuk, we're checking in with you on a patio in BC, buddy. You cannot get away on vacay without talking a little bit of Oilers. Welcome. Mm. No, yeah, the itch is alive. I woke up this morning and I was like, I'm not going to do much vacationing. I'm going to focus on uh, on hockey talk. And I'm going to agree with Zach on this one. I love the Hyman deal. I think when you look at the available free agents, he was, you know, on paper, probably the best fit for this top six. He forechecks like a demon. I think every sort of section of the fan base is really going to love this guy. And they got it done for under six million bucks, five and a half. Would have been nice to have it at like an even five if they would have upped the term to eight years. I wish Toronto would have played a little bit more ball there. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're shopping for a free agent, you're, you know you're going to have to pay more because you're not giving up hard assets, right? So the fact that they were able to get this guy on a deal and add him for basically nothing but money, I think it's a dream fit. I think it makes their top six a lot more dangerous. Dan? Yeah, look, when, when Leaf fans are watching a player leave and they're upset to see that happen, that's a good sign for the team that's acquiring that player. Oiler fans, we, we do tend to look at the totality of a contract and kind of overreact to that, I guess. Zach Hyman makes the Edmonton Oilers better in 2021, 2022, 2023, and 2024, likely, with the uh, the term of Drysdale and McDavid's contracts playing out until then. That's all that matters at this point. Let the next GM or the next next GM worry about the rest of that contract for now. The Oilers are better with Zach Hyman on this team. I'm going to check in with our correspondent in Toronto, Coombsy, Zach Hyman. That's Tell right. me about it. So one thing nobody's mentioned yet, and I think this is key, is that the Zach Hyman acquisition by the Oilers, him signing here as a free agent, is nice ammunition for every single time a Leafs fan says that Connor McDavid is going to bolt to his hometown Toronto Maple Leafs when his contract is finished. Or demand a trade. Now we can throw that back in their face and say that one of your own a Toronto native from the Eglinton area wanted to go out west. So we can throw that back at them, which is nice. I imagine Zach got sick of walking around on Thursday garbage day in the hot sun when it smells really bad. And he wanted to move to a place with fresher air. So that's a good one there. And I'll echo the same sentiment you guys all had. Zach Hyman, I mean, I pay a decent amount of attention to the Leafs, unfortunately. And he's quite good. He's um, really found the nice, he really found the nice niche playing alongside um, Austin Matthews specifically. He was the guy that four checked for Matthews, went in front of the net, banged in a bunch of rebounds. He was also a great penalty killer. I mean, we all know the contract's going to look bad later on in the end, but as Dan said, so long as they get really good one, two, three years, and it helps them win right now when their key guys are in their prime, that's what we all want to see. And I don't know, I think Hyman's one of the better fits available on the market, and I'm glad that it happened. It's 
a hell of a lot of money, but I don't know. He earned it. He's had a lot of good seasons. Is what it is. Welcome to the golf to the golf course at the Mark Spector Golf Tournament. Rick checking in with some golf course analysis. Hey, you guys nailed it on the head there. It's uh, we're in a win now type of situation. So you gotta you gotta buckle down and pay for what you gotta do right now. <laughs> Four years, five years from now, who knows what happens? Uh, salary cap goes up, so it's percentage of the cap's gonna go down at that point. Um, for today, I do think we have a better team right now. That's all you can ask for. It's a little windy out there, Rick. <laughs> Holy! Is wow. it it's not even that windy? Golf in a tornado, Godfrey. Rick is checking in from a tornado, so he has given his Hyman golf takes. A little breezy out here in the capital city today. Does anybody have a take on Hyman that they don't like the deal? Like for me, I'm with everybody in the set. I like it for now. We can worry about what happens in year five, six, seven later. You know, it's kicking the can down the road a little bit, but what it does without question is help the Oilers today. Does anybody have a take where it's they don't like it? Might be the only the only concern that I have, and there's quite a few Leafs fans who have kind of said something similar. Is there's there's worry with the injuries. He um, it was during the playoffs. I think it was one of the times they lost to Boston. One of the seven times that happened. He um, I think he tore his ACL. I can't remember hundred percent what it was, but he had knee surgery and he plays a very physical style. So there is a bit of concern that this might crater pretty quickly. Like. We don't know if you were how many good years we're going to get to Hyman just because physical style, bad knees already. But yeah, the only thing like, I'd add to that is like if it's injuries that derail it, like I mean, we're watching Tampa Bay right now acquire every LTIR player in the world, right? Like if if Hyman gives you two good years or three good years and his knees blow out and he's like, shit, I can't play anymore, like that's kind of why LTIR exists. Like him getting injured in the back half of that deal. You know, you can almost get out of it easily in that sense because you just LTIR him. I guess the concern would be that, you know, he goes down consistently in these first few years when you want him to be productive. So I'll agree with Cam on that. Like the one big concern would be that this guy just doesn't stay healthy. Waz, I'll give you the last word on Zach Hyman. Your thoughts? Uh, the Overall, it was a pretty good signing in general. I think, yeah, my only concern is that if the injuries tend to reoccur a bit. But other than that, I think he's the ideal top six winger that the Oilers need right now. I'm excited, man. I'm, I think this is going to be a good fit. Like, if you just look at the reactions, yes, there's the injury concerns. Yes, the contract's long, all that. But if you look at the reaction from Leafs fans losing Hyman today, they lost a good player and a team uh, and a fan favorite. And I just got a feeling that this is the kind of player that this city will love, especially his work ethic. He can score a little bit. He's tenacious on the puck. That is the makings of a player that this city loves. Speaking of a, a player this city loves, well, he is on the way out today gentlemen this was the one that kind of kicked the hornet's nest on twitter this morning ethan bear is going to the carolina hurricanes has been traded to the carolina hurricanes for mclovin warren fogel is coming in and for me bright side of this deal is we get to use all the mclovin gifs and pictures on twitter throughout the season and coming seasons with fogel but the cost of losing bear that's a that's a tough one uh i'll start off with tyler here what do you think about losing ethan bear I, I don't like it. I think, again, it's another deal here, and it goes in line with the Duncan Keith deal where you like adding the player. Like, Warren Fogel's good. I'm also happy to have Duncan Keith, but it's just another example of poor asset management by Ken Holland. I just, 
You have a young right shot D-man who clearly, clearly has top four upside. The guy's been playing almost 20 minutes a night for the first two years in his career. You trade him for a guy who, when you look at the Oilers' depth chart with Nuge, Hyman, and then Fogle, Fogle's not going to be more than a third-line winger for you. He kills penalties. You know, he four-checks hard. I get it. He's going to be that style of player that you want to have in your bottom six. And for years, the Oilers have struggled to get goals from their bottom six. So hopefully he can help there. But you traded a young, cost-controlled, right-shot D-man that you drafted late and developed, and you threw that out for a bottom six winger that you could have probably just went out and found somewhere in free agency. And he's not even signed. Like it's not even like Fogel's on a bargain contract or anything. He's a pending RFA or he's an RFA right now with arbitration rights. I just, it, it, the trade doesn't make sense. I'm happy they got Fogel, but sacrificing Ethan bear is just, it's too much for me. And yes, they went out and got Cody CC. And I think Cody CC is a decent, you know, kind of third pairing shutdown D man, but you're paying him $1.25 million more than you're paying Ethan Bear next year. So it costs you more money as well. It's just, again, I like the addition of CC. I like the addition of Fogel. But the subtraction of Bear is the bigger story. And they clearly, clearly lost this trade already. Zachy wrote the news story at OethersNation.com. I'm coming to you next. I'm with Tyler in the sense that I like Fogel. But the cost to get him was pretty dear, no? I don't know, honestly. Like, I don't get me wrong. I'm about as big of an Ethan Bear fan as there is in the Oilers universe. I think he's a tremendous defenseman. I already think he's a legitimate top four uh, defenseman in the NHL. I love the way he plays the game. At the end of the day, you guys have to remember something else too. Ethan Bear has been having some issues with staying uh, underweight or or at a That's reasonable true. weight, and there's some motivation issues that have come up with Ethan Bear. So there is a need for. Well, obviously the Oilers felt there was a need to move on from Ethan Bear as a player. I think when we break down the trade in a, a pure trade standpoint, I actually think the Oilers did pretty fair in getting good value back. I think Warren Fogel is a great player. Uh, he's a top nine winger. I think he's a guy who can grow a little bit too. You guys got to remember he's 25 years old, right? So he's still a young player who's cost controlled as an RFA for a few more seasons, Six two, hundred and ninety eight pounds. He scores at even strength. And I think what's most important too, is that the Oilers actually have the ability now to run three scoring lines and have three effective scoring lines. Let's see what happens with trying to bring in a, a, a third line center here. But I think purely from that standpoint, there was some good value. Obviously um, I would much rather have Ethan bear than Cody CC on the back end right now. Um, but I think it, it's, it's a, about as good of a deal as I think Edmonton could have done. And, and honestly, better than I expected from them. I, I just want to quickly jump in on that point you made early, Zach. There were some pretty loud rumblings early this season in training camp that the organization was very, very disappointed, I think is the right word to use, with how Ethan Bear showed up to camp. And after the, the offseason where he kind of shredded all that weight and he came in looking so good and that was a big story, there's been a couple of moments now where they've been not happy with maybe how he's handled himself off the ice training wise. So that, that is a good point to bring up. Maybe they do think he's a guy who's already maybe hit his ceiling in that regard. And in terms of like, and, you know, motivation, I don't, I don't like that word. Cause I don't like painting a pro athlete as someone who lacks motivation, but maybe the Oilers just know a little bit about the personality and go, you know, maybe he doesn't have that ability to take his game to a, to a legit top pairing level at any point. 
And I think that's something we have to all keep in mind too, right? Like at the end of the day, yes, Ethan Bear is a good player when he's on. He's shown he can play top pairing minutes with Darnell Nurse in that season that he came into camp looking really good. Um, you know, and in turn, I think the Oilers have done fine in in, in bringing back a, a player that can grow with the Oilers. He plays, uh, Fogel plays a heavy style of hockey. He doesn't mind getting physical and, and that's the style that Dave Tippett loves from his uh, wingers. Timsy, I see you've got a digital hand up on the Bear for Fogel trade. What do you got? Yeah, I wanted to say something kind of about the bear in shape thing. I didn't really remember hearing stories about that coming into this season. But one thing we should also touch on is his season this year was fairly mediocre. He wasn't anywhere near as good as he was in his full rookie year last year when he kind of came and captured the spot out of camp and then filled in when Adam Larson was hurt. But this year, remember, early in February, he got hit in the head with a puck on the bench and suffered a concussion. So I don't want to be too critical of whatever he's got going on now because you don't know the lingering effects of the concussion and what that means yeah. for maintaining your conditioning, right? So one thing I kind of don't love about this deal is it does feel like they sold low on a player after a mediocre season. And we've seen this. I mean, everyone on Twitter has brought this up because we've seen it before, right? Uh, Jeff Petrie wasn't good enough because he had a ho-hum season, uh, traded him away because they had Justin Schultz. Then Justin Schultz wasn't good enough, traded him away. And then, you know, same thing, Ethan Barrett's, you know, the same kind of pattern. You have a youngish, imperfect right-hand defenseman that's pretty good at moving the puck, imperfect player, whatever, but they end up going and being really good somewhere else. And it's, you know, it's not the exact same thing as the Petrie and Schultz trade. It's not like you're getting back a third round pick or whatever it was like you did with those guys. Like Fogel's a pretty good player, so it's something. But to me, this does scream like they they saw bear have a mediocre season they're like yeah we're gonna give up on this guy which is something that hasn't worked out for them in the past we're going to the wind tunnel rick checking in on the golf course i get it i understand where you guys are coming from with that but i think that they did not want the dynamic of bear barry bouchard once they figured out once larson left i think that threw a wrench in their plans and they had to change things up and they knew that uh, Bear Barry Bouchard, as I think everybody on this phone call would probably admit, that's probably not the greatest, um, especially if you don't bring in another shutdown Larson type on the left side. That's what kind of forced their hand at the at the at the, at the Bear thing. And yes, Bear has definitely had now two incidences where he came in out, out of shape. The first one, then he came back second year looking really good. Third one, or last year's. Came in not not great shape, man. Uh, that shows something to what your team is going to be. If you're looking at a player going forward, I'm not so sure the rest of the team wants to be there. What if Connor saw him like that? What if Leon saw him like that? Why do you want to bring him along? I get it. However, what I'm going to say right now is I, I instead of looking at, at, at the people who are like upset Bears leaving, I'm looking at the uh, the Carolina fans who are upset about Fogel leaving and trying to find that the the positives out of him. I do believe that what he's going to add to our middle six is probably going to be a big step. And I get it. You're moving similar types of players, similar age, similar salaries, kind of um, from a defenseman to, 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 to a forward. And I think they obviously we have we have a hole now down our right side, at least in uh, in the long run. Um, Barry three, CC's number two, uh, four. Bouchard here, uh, we're hoping he's here until uh, 2050 or whatever the hell. I get it. I understand where we're, why we'd be upset about losing a guy like Bear, but I think we're what we're going to see overall will be a step up. So I, I believe this team is taking a step forward in 
in terms of regular season and playoffs. And therefore, uh, I think it, it's 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 the way we need to go. I get it. It sucks losing players. I don't want to pump my tires, but I was one of the first on board with Bear. I bought the jersey the second it was allowed to be bought in that weird third jersey thing we bought just to prove that I was behind the guy. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there saying that Warren Fogle is going to bring a lot to us. So if you can if you can solidify that top nine, Hyman, you know, obviously solidifying the top six. If we have a legit top nine, I think our bottom end is fine. Goaltending scares the shit out of me right now. But outside the crease, I think we're a better team than we were um, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks ago when we when we made the Keith trade. Dan, you're next up. I saw you talking about Ethan Bear on the old tweet machine. What do you got? Yeah, so for me, I take I take umbrage with what Rick is saying, and he's not alone in saying that, you know, as soon as Larson left the team, things changed and the and the position changed. And that's fair. But and the team wasn't confident with Barry, Bouchard, and and Bear on the right side. Tyson Barry wasn't a member of the Edmonton Oilers. Like the, we kept saying that we weren't comfortable with Tyson Barry on that side. So why not go and replace Adam Larson instead of putting Tyson Barry on that side? It doesn't make sense to me. I, I think that fans are trying to are trying to justify the loss of Bear, and I get it because I I too am trying to justify that. My thought was maybe Ethan Bear didn't want to be an Edmonton Oiler anymore, and that might have been fair as well, seeing as he took some some uh, racist comments after the Edmonton Oilers were eliminated from the playoffs. You could understand that, as Koo mentioned, you know, struggled as a struggled as a player this year um, to to meet his standard that he had created the year before. But for me. The Oilers didn't need to make the transaction to bring in Cody Ceci to replace Ethan Bear. And therefore, when you're worse on defense than when you started the day, when you had Ethan Bear on your team, that's frustrating to me. I'm frustrated with the Ethan Bear trade because I think that it's not often you get... I'm excited about Warren Fogle, by the way. I think that he's going to add a lot into the top nine. He's going to add scoring. We complain about depth scoring on this podcast incessantly. Almost every episode, we complain about depth scoring. Vogel is going to help address that. However, losing a right-handed defenseman that's team-controlled for a little bit, cheaper, that's tough. That's a, like, hey, if, said, if that's we a take, big cost. If we take team control out of it, is there that much of a difference of on-ice um, player today or last game of the NHL season? Zach, what do the numbers kind of say if you're comparing Bear to CC directly? Uh, Bear's definitely more well-rounded defenseman, uh, straight up. Like, I mean, Bear Bear has much more positive impacts in the offensive zone than than CC does. Um, you know, I, I would compare CC to more or less like a replacement level defenseman in the NHL. So, you know, I think for him too, you know, his most success has come in the last two years playing in Toronto and Pittsburgh. Um Obviously, he had that six-year stint in Ottawa, and they were asking him to play top-pairing minutes, and he got absolutely crushed in Ottawa. Um, since he's kind of, you know, been relegated to more of a, a second, third-pairing role, he, he's holding his own well, but he struggles against elite competition, uh, and I think that's the biggest issue for Cody Cece. So, um, you know, for him, I think for the Oilers to put him in the best position to succeed, it, it's probably sheltered minutes for CC and they're not really paying him to, to play sheltered minutes. So my, CC my was not, this... sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Finish, 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 finish up. I was just going to say, I think, you know, the Oilers have the mindset right now that their defense is going to look like 
you know, Darnell Nurse and Barry on the top pair, Duncan Keith and Cody Cece on the second, and then the third pairing of Chris Russell slash William Legison and Evan Bouchard. Um, and I don't think that's a very good defense in terms of trying to stop the bleeding defensively, which is the biggest issue the Oilers had last year. And that's something we all got to remember too. In the last couple of days, though, I heard that CC's uh, level of the competition was spread out pretty evenly amongst everybody from the bottom to the mids to the highs, and that he had decent numbers. Are those comparable to what, and I don't know if it's the exact same charts and the same people, blah, 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 um, but does, 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 does Bear play exactly the same against the high level as CC does? Because from what I understood in Pittsburgh, Okay, and now Rick went on mute, so <laughs> I think I know what you're getting at there, buddy. But yeah, he did a I think very good job. That one. Yeah, like no, I, no, I, I meant to go on mute. That. Oh, okay. Well, you oh. totally cut out there. Um, the Let's just tunnel. talk about Cody CC then, because he's obviously he was brought into. I don't know if he's replacing Bear or Larson or whatever. You, however, you want to look at it. Four years by three point two five. I don't think he's as good as Larson. First of all. Uh, I think the replacing Ethan Bear is questionable, but that's where we're at. Tyler, what do you think about this deal for Cody Cece? Yeah, I, I, I kind of like what Zach was saying there, and and I trust Zach's ability to look into kind of the numbers on this stuff as well. I just he's a guy who, if the deal was for two years at two million per, I'd go, hey, this guy's gonna come in and be a pain in the ass for the other team's forwards, and he can be a good third pairing D man. The issue is. You're paying him to be a second pairing D-man. And I get a little bit nervous because, you know, Zach talks about, you know, trying to shelter his minutes. The problem with the way the Oilers blue line is typically pushed onto the ice is Connor McDavid is on the ice when Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry are there. And that usually means that whoever's that second pairing, which will likely be Keith and CeCe, they're not going to have Connor McDavid on the ice to kind of help the flow of the play go the other way and into, you know, keep the puck in the other team's end. He might be going out there you know, at times with the fourth line or the third line. And I get we're improving the depth and things like that. But, and I mean, there's also probably a Leon Dreisaitl line in there, but I just get a little bit worried that a CC Keith pair will get hemmed in their own end a little bit too often and not have the ability necessarily to get the puck out like they need to. That's my big concern with CC is just that they paid a lot of money for kind of a one-dimensional defenseman and it's not great. Like I worry it's going to age like the Eric Good Branson deal did where you're always trading him around and things like that. Yeah, saw, your thoughts on Cody we, we saw kind of basically what the others have done here is they've re-emulated a the wild Leafs defense. Yes. The 2019 20 Toronto Maple Leafs defense. And I don't think any of us sit here and think, Oh geez, that's the team I want to emulate. That team's blue line was a clusterfuck. And Cody Cece was quite good last year. He actually, he actually was, he wasn't Adam Larson level shutdown good, but him and um, Mike Matheson played on the second pairing for the Penguins. And the two of them as a pair had an on ice goal differential of 21 to 13. They logged like 18 minutes a game in all situations. Pretty good. But so, I mean, there's reason to believe that perhaps now that Cece has been out of the mess that was the Ottawa senators and also the bit of the mess that was Toronto. He spent a year in Pittsburgh. Maybe he got a bit better, but I don't know. It's it's if if you look at it just big picture, it's like these are your top two right-handed defenders, Barry and Cece, and we've seen this, seen this before. It wasn't very good, so we really do have to hope that 
the Penguins unlock something with CC and he's figured out a new game. He's got something he's, you know, he's a little bit older. He's a little bit more experienced. We really have to hope that's the case because him taking on Larson's role, which is arguably the most difficult role in Edmonton's blue line. Cause as Tyler said, you know, nurse plays a lot of minutes with the top forwards. I mean, that second pairing with Keith, they're, they're going to be seeing like a lot of really good opposing competition. So CC's going to have to have a big year for this team. Otherwise what's the fallback net. You're going to have to throw what Evan Bouchard up there. Cause now the bear is gone. There isn't really much to fall back on. Like well, what's, what's the next right-handed guy like Philip Berglund there, there, there isn't anywhere else to go. Well, what if they, what if, what if they think Bouchard is ahead of like, what if, what if they think Bouchard is like a, a two and a half RD right now? Like not Could quite be. a three, a bit about above a three. Like, do you, do you under, do you see like a bit of a him and CC just eating up the rest of the minutes? Like the situation 50, 50, would that not be, what we could see is, I mean, if Evan Bouchard takes a huge step forward this year, maybe we see him play on the second pair with Duncan Keith. And there's, you know, two guys, Keith plays hard in the defensive zone. And then you have Bouchard, he moves the puck effectively. And then all of a sudden your third pair is Russell slash Lagesson and CeCe, which maybe isn't that bad. I think CeCe, if he's playing 16, 17 minutes a game on that shutdown pair, just worrying about the defensive zone, it's not terrible. So there's ways this could work out, but I do think actually a big X factor is how good is Evan Bouchard this year? Uh, speaking about yeah, X factors, how I see a time limit here, three minutes left yeah. on this podcast. What does that mean? Uh, I don't well, know. I've never had that pop up before. No, I think it'll, it'll automate 40 minutes. Is it actually, or is it going to automatically Zoom stops extend? after 40 minutes unless you've never. Um, so if you have an account and this is your first time okay. recording something, they'll give you a free extra unlimited thing. Oh, but otherwise we'll have to start a new call. Well, oh, we'll see what happens here in two minutes and thirty-seven seconds. I enjoyed part one of that is very series. much the way we do th- we do things. Well, this will be yeah. a, this could be a six-part podcast here. But first, while I've got a couple of minutes here before the break, this might be a perfect time just to say, hey, Bixler's Jewelers—they're part of this year podcast. If you go to Bixler's.com, they've been around since 1785. Coomsey, can you believe it? You, maybe you want a NHL licensed engagement ring? Well, our friends at Bixler's are here to help anything yes. you need bag milk thank you for that uh, for that good read in there uh as bag milk mentioned they do have officially licensed jewelry for you to purchase for yourself and using the promo code bixlers nation 10 you get yourself 10 percent off of nhl licensed gear until the end of this month so you got a couple more days and congratulations for listening to our emergency podcast. You got yourself 10% off Bixler's Jewelry. Get it now. Get it before the code is over at the end of this month. That's Bixler's underscore Jewelers on Instagram and Bixler's 1785 on Twitter. I am now looking at this countdown clock. We've got a minute here, 25 here. I'm, re- I'm just, I don't even know where to go from here because I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. We've got maybe no time. We might have to start a new podcast, so I might just bullshit here for a couple of minutes. Uh, looking around the league quickly, uh, is there anything that really surprised you? How about Laurent Brassois getting the bag mm. from Vegas? Yes. Like what are, Good for why him. did they feel the need to go two and a half million dollars or and almost two and a half million dollars too. for two years? The flurry trade was bananas. What is this? Seven million like, for yeah. seven million for your goaltenders is, is just fine, no? It's not the worst. Well, okay, but the problem I get, I get, Chicago I get, taking him is that, like, how do you not, before you do that deal with Vegas, be like, hey, can we call him and, like, you know, make sure he's not going to retire if we acquire him or something like that? Like, it was just weird. 
There's no then, way. I just I don't. I meant I meant seven million for Vegas. I well, yeah, seven, seven mil for Vegas. But that's like, okay, right? No. Yeah, that's, seven and a half million for two goalies is fine. But like, it's Laurent Brassois. Like, I feel like that's a guy who should be making like a buck and a half, maybe. Like, I I just felt like they overpaid for him for like no reason on day one of free agency when there's like a hundred goalies on the market. What is Nation Radio episode one fifty? It is the emergency podcast. It's free agent day today. We talked about Zach Hyman. We talked about Cody Cece. We talked about bear trading. One thing I want to touch on quickly. Tyson Berry's back three years, 4.5 million per very marginal raise over where he was at last year. Some Oilers fans, very excited. If Josh T park was in here, he'd be pumped. Some very upset. I want to know where you guys are at. I will start off with Mr. Zachary Lang. You posted the article at OilersNation.com first thing this morning. Tyson Berry. Yeah. Um, an interesting deal to say the least. Um, you know, it's, it's a shorter term, uh, deal only three years, $4.5 million AAV. Look, it's, uh, clear that Tyson Berry is a very good offensive defenseman. He can push the pace offensively. Um, he, he can help put up points and stuff like that. But you know, the biggest concern obviously is his defensive game. He's not a very good defensive player. Um, and for the Oilers, we saw last year that, you know, he played all of his time with Darnell Nurse on the top pairing, and they got stapled to the Connor McDavid line. And they played some chaotic, high-energy, very high-event hockey, and they still managed to outscore the opposition. So I guess in, in one sense of the term, that's a positive. However, in the same breath, they also had a really high PDO, so they, their luck was off the charts last year. And I don't know if that's something that the Oilers are going to be able to replicate again this season uh, with Tyson Berry on the back end. So, you know, the other way you can look at it is, yeah, the Oilers just re-signed the top-scoring defenseman in the NHL uh, to a relatively team-friendly contract. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's kind of hard for me to see the real benefits here when you have an Oilers defense that doesn't really have any right shot defensemen who are true shutdown type of defensemen that the Oilers need. Again, like I said, sorry, I was just going to say again, and like I said in the first half of the show, you know, the Oilers problem last year wasn't scoring goals at even strength. They scored the seventh most amount of them in the league, but they also gave up the 21st most even strength goals last year. And that's where the true issue lied for the Oilers. And Tyson Berry is going to help take that number down. Also interesting to note that uh, I know this isn't a visual podcast, but Zach has got a map of all the Wendy's in the city behind him right now. And there, we have a lot of Wendy's here. We are Wendy's rich here in the city. That's right. We have a lot of Wendy's here, unlike Toronto, who has none. Going to, going to Toronto right now. Tyson Barry, Coomsey, what do you make of it? I don't know. I don't mind it. I don't hate it. I am. This is not something any of us expected. Like I remember early in the offseason, it seemed like a foregone conclusion. It was like, okay, like we'll thank Tyson Barry for his nice one year show me contract in which he scored a bunch of points and we'll happily just re-sign Adam Larson. And then Adam Larson left and everyone's like, oh God. Like it really does feel to me like they 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 did think that Larson was gonna re-sign and then he didn't, and it really quite threw a wrench into everything. So now you've got Tyson Berry here, and I, I don't really know exactly where he best fits on this blue line. Like, he seemed to generate some nice chemistry with Darnell Nurse, but I don't know. That line plays with Connor McDavid all the time, so it's hard not to do well. Is Tyson Berry really the kind of player that's actually like driving success? Because what you want to see from a D-man like that is, okay, Tyson Berry's so good offensively, you can chuck him out there with your third line, and then they'll generate goals because this guy moves the puck so well, or he's so good in the offensive zone. What he basically is, is just like a complimentary player 
that lines up alongside whoever your other good guys are. And I think they honestly already had that with Bear. And I think they might already have that with Bouchard if they didn't with Bear. So it's kind of a bizarre fit. I wish they had just focused on adding defensive guys. As Zach said, the Oilers need to allow fewer goals. I wish they had just spent the cap space on defensive guys to replace Larson's minutes. And Barry does not do that. Tyler, coming to you. Tyson Barry, three years. Yeah, like like you guys both touched on, you've kind of covered every base with it. You're getting the guy who led the NHL in scoring by a defenseman who was, you know, a fairly big part of the number one power play in the league last season. Like, there's a lot of reasons to like Tyson Berry coming back. The puck moving, his ability to make outlet passes. I like all of that in his game. But again, like I heard Ryan Rashog today on the Free Agent Frenzy on TSN kind of say the Oilers' goal heading into this offseason was to defend better. And I kind of sit here and I look at the moves they're making. Like Zach said, and I'm going... I don't think this team is going to be defending better exactly. So, you know, Tyson Berry, the offensive puck moving defenseman, two thumbs up. I like the deal. Again, unrestricted free agency. You always got to give a little bit. And I think maybe that extra year and the extra couple hundred thousand dollars maybe isn't ideal. But as far as free agent deals go, I don't mind the value here. I don't mind the player. We'll, We'll see how things turn out. Like, just going to be weird to see how they handle Evan Bouchard on the power play, like is Darnell Nurse going to be totally off the power play now? And are they going to do like Barry for a minute, then Bouchard for a minute? It's a bit of an open competition. It'll just be interesting to see how it plays out. But yeah, I, I read a piece from Nugent Bowman today as well. that kind of talked about how they did, they did think Larson was coming back and they had kind of closed the door on Tyson Barry. And then when Larson dips, you, you kind of have to reevaluate things and maybe scrambling isn't the best word, but it sounds like they were scrambling a little bit. Another hole that the Oilers have in the lineup currently is the 3C position. There's a couple mm-hmm. of names uh, that we're talking about. I know Stafford today on the mm-hmm. show mentioned Derek Ryan. Ryan Getzlaff has been mentioned. Tyler, I know you want to mention Getzlaff. Yeah. Well, we're getting a report. We got an early report from Kevin Weeks that said he was going back to Anaheim. And then Chris Johnson, I think Eric Stevens came out and kind of threw some cold water on that and said it's not done yet. And now we have Shane O'Brien, who does a podcast, former NHLer, obviously, who is reporting that it's a one-year deal for four and a half with uh, with Getzlav and the Anaheim Ducks. Hasn't been confirmed by a big-name insider yet, so it could still just be hearsay. But if Getzlav is off the market, like Hall is off the market as well. I'm not sure, aside from Derek Ryan, how many good three C's there are still out on the market. And I think the Oilers kind of missed the boat, maybe not getting a guy like Nick Bonino or potentially like Getzlav just would have been a dream fit in my eyes. So I'm a little bit disappointed with how the three C thing has folded out so far here today. Um, get everyone else's take on that. And then I'll, I'll I have another question I'd like to float to the group after, but. Who wants to jump in here? Dan, Dan, what do you think? Ryan Getzlaff seemed like a name that we kind of had hoped for here in Edmonton, but it may not happen. Yeah, well, and and in addition to Getzlaff going off the board, a lot of other, you know, quasi good 3C options did go as well. Hala was grabbed. Uh, just trying to think off the top of my head and I can't think of more. Uh, Benino went to, uh, went to San Jose. So a couple of good options there did also fall off the board. So that's not great. Um, the, the, the thing that I've seen floating around, floated around a few times is the option of maybe sliding Nugent Hopkins down into that spot. Now as an organization, you may change that. looks like Tyler, that was what Tyler wanted to touch on later. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, you know, you, you wonder if the, if Ken Holland's now going to pivot to trying to find further winger help 
and and shift that to the uh, to the three C, the big three C that everybody's dreamt about with McDavid, Drysaitel, and Nugent Hopkins as your top three centermen. Uh, what that might look like for the team going forward. I think it's fun. I love the idea of having those three stacked on top of each other, but I still think if you're going to do it, we need more wingers. You know, I think that you can't just play Nuge at three C with, with Fogel on one side and some corpse on the other side and be like, why aren't they producing any points? I don't get it. Like it just, it can't be that way. If they go and get more skilled wingers, to make it work, then great. And then obviously you can adjust where guys go. Maybe Hyman's with Drysaddle, maybe he's with Connor. You never know, right? Or like there's the- another there's another option too that is probably going to start getting talked about here a little bit is what happens if you just leave Connor and Leon together? And then all of a sudden Nuge is your 2C guy and he's got Hyman to his left or right. You know, that mm-hmm. could also be an option. Having Zach Hyman in the mix and Nugent Hopkins resign give kind of gives you some options there. You guys it are does, missing- and that's you guys are missing one thing, and you need, I need to bring this up because it seems everyone's forgotten for some reason, but the Oilers still have Kyle Turris. Finally, somebody's bringing up to play third Rager center. reported that he stayed in Edmonton to, like, really work on his game, and hmm. he's, like, a pay, by all reports, very motivated to win a job next year. We'll see, maybe. right? Waz, you're making sounds over there. What do you got to say, buddy? No, I just like the idea that Kyle Turris can maybe have, like, kind of a comeback season with the Oilers. That'd be interesting. I like it. That would be interesting because, I mean, last year during free agency on the emergency podcast for ON Radio, we were all kind of excited about Kyle Turris. Dan, you got your finger up. What's up? Some breaking news coming from Andy Strickland says that there is a second team in addition to Colorado who are vying for the services of Darcy Kemper. And Darren Dreger is on top of that report as well, saying a better offer has been made by that second team, according to a source. So, uh, we might not be going anywhere here. We, we might be sticking around. Can <laughs> we know that it's live on the air? Could you imagine like a Koskinen plus trade goes to Kemp, goes to Arizona for Kemper? So let's go by heart. Own it then. Let's let's uh, let armchair GM Yeremchuk hop in here and uh, see what we can do. What if there was a deal that was Koskinen, Benson, and the first round pick? So you're there's a lot going the other way there. But what if you're getting Kemper? Maybe there's an extension, maybe there's not. But they're also throwing in one of their young young centermen. Like, what if you're getting Christian Dvorak in this deal as well? So you're giving up, you're losing the money in Koskinen, you're paying a premium to get rid of that money, but in one sort of foul swoop, one move, you're getting a young 3C and you're getting your starting goalie. What if that's what this big offer is? Zach, you're nodding your head. You like the sounds of what I'm pitching? Absolutely. I'm all over it. Uh, I'm really high on Christian Dvorak. Uh, I got to watch him play back in 2016 at the World Juniors, or sorry, not the uh, World Juniors, the Memorial Cup that was in Red Deer here. I went down and covered it. I've been a big fan of Dvorak's game. Underlying numbers, tremendous player. Uh, the numbers really, really like Dvorak as a second line center. You know, you want to talk about adding some real flexibility to your forward group. Um, if, if the Oilers were able to pull some kind of a trade like that, I would be all for it. Uh, absolutely. Because then you've got a legitimate three scoring line team. Like, Full stop. You know, you go McDavid and Dreisaitl, you can run Dvorak or Nugent Hopkins as your second and third line centers there. Uh, you know, you've got guys like Kyler Yamamoto, Zach Hyman, Warren Fogel all coming into the fold here as well. Um, that would be really potent. I'd be a huge fan of that. We will keep an eye on what happens with Dweet. Are the Oilers the second team in on Kemper? You'd have to think that we all said, it is looking We said at... yesterday that the Oilers had interest in Kemper. That'd be nice. That was the report. 
Um, who were the other? Because like, who were the other teams that were initially? Toronto kind of was in, as well, but they got Morazic. They're off. Uh, let me. Uh, I wrote about Carolina. Won't be interested anymore. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I'm trying to kind of figure out the goaltending market right now. Like, Seattle's out of the mix now. Like, mm. Buffalo is still kicking around. They kind of need a goalie. Buffalo needs the a lot fir- of things. The first it was, links- so it said Colorado, <laughs> Philly, Toronto, Carolina, Edmonton. Carolina could still sign another goalie because they only have Freddie Anderson. They signed him two years, 4.5 mil. The Leafs have Campbell and Mrazek. They just signed. Philly just acquired Martin Jones. Yeah. So they're probably out in Colorado is now without um, Grubauer, who's out in Seattle. Yeah, so Colorado true. makes some sense. Col- I mean, Colorado makes sense. Have- and I wonder. Oh, go ahead, Zach. You have to imagine the Oilers are in on a guy like Darcy Kemper, right? He checks the boxes for the Oilers. He, he's exactly what they'd be looking for to be a starting goaltender. Tyler, your M. Chuck is fist bumping. George Springer home run. Let's go. No, let's go. Unrelated. That's right. I'm going to go tweet. That's right from the Jays Nation account. Give me two seconds. Mm-hmm. You'll love so, to see it. We I are think truly it- just wheeling and dealing today. Hey? Like We don't know what's going on. I want to know how many of you guys think that it's realistic to expect Koskinen Smith for a third tour of duty. Do you, is that an option for the Oilers right now, or do they have to make a move? I think the, they need to the make a move. Time? Go ahead, Wasp. No, I just think they got to make a move because you see all the mistakes that Koskinen made last year, and I think if you can land Darcy Kemper and get rid of that contract, I think that'd be the ideal move right now. I don't think anyone's confident in having Koskinen come back and being a backup with Mike Smith. Like, Unless Stuart Skinner or Staylock somehow secure a spot, I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, as we're talking right now, I see Zach Hyman is doing his introductory kind of presser with the Oilers. It's it's cool, man. Best-selling author, as Zach Lang says. Two Zachs. And the not-so-common right. Z-A-C-H spelling. You love, you love to see it. You just really do love to see it. Uh, looking around the NHL, there's a one thing that I wanted to bring in. There was a couple of contracts that surprised me. One down in Calgary. Blake Coleman got some huge smoke from the Calgary Flames, didn't he? Brad Tree living, was... putting all his chips in the middle here. Like this is his last crack, I think, to kind of to win with that group. Because if if you're walking Goudreau to unrestricted free agency, mm-hmm. uh, that's so good. I love that they're not blowing it up because they're going to sit there and they're going to wait and they're going to try it with this like wildly flawed, mediocre team. And you have Gaudreau's one year from free agency, Monaghan's two. So if this is shit and Gaudreau has a eh, season, then you're not going to get that much of the deadline. It's just perfect. Dan, you're waving your finger. Flames, yeah, Flames well, not going into rebuild. Great. Love to see it. That's exactly it, Coob. You know, we, we talked about it on this podcast last year at the start of the season where it's just, you know, you don't, you look at that Calgary team and you're not inspired by them and they got worse. They lost Giordano, who was, you know, one of their top defensemen uh, and their captain. Uh, Kachuk has taken a step back from what he was years ago. Johnny Gaudreau is not going to drive your offense for you. Blake Coleman, sure, he adds something to the team. But, like, that team is Jacob Markstrom or die. Like, I don't know. It's, It's sad. It's... I, I, it's not sad to watch at all. It's fun to watch as an Edmonton Oilers fan, but uh, but yeah, it's been fun to watch Flames fans be excited about our moves this offseason because they have done nothing. I'll tell you one thing right now. I can't hear what he's saying, but Zach Hyman has a huge smile on his face, and that uh, makes me happy. And, and, and a Gretzky Andy Warhol painting behind him. I see that too. Um, Rashog just sending out some quotes here. says, Hyman says his wife hadn't had a chance to see Edmonton before, so he bought a ticket and came out with and they came out together, uh, said, quote, checked a lot of boxes once she got here for a visit. 
Went to Wem, you know? Well, yeah, let's see the water park. Edmonton really saw the water Alterdale Bridge. It's the Talus Balls, to be honest. It's got to be the Talus Balls. It's the smell. It doesn't smell like piss. He's over it. He's been in Toronto for 30 years. He's over the piss smell. It is what it is. I wonder if they took a helicopter tour over the River Valley. Maybe. They just checked in <laughs> all of the boxes from the Danny Heatley DVD. They went to the bat on 97th Street, pushed it around a couple of times. Everybody enjoyed themselves. <laughs> the it was a good time. It was um, a really good time. Michael good Russo time. reporting that Nick Felino has chosen the Boston Bruins. Uh, that was a guy who yeah. it was reported that there was some fringe interest from the Oilers in, in Nick Felino, but it sounds like he's going to Boston. I was just going to mention that uh, according to Emily Kaplan, uh, Getzlaff and the Ducks are getting a bit closer, so... Looks like he's staying in Anaheim. Uh, the interesting thing with, we talked about this a little bit, but if Felino's back in Boston, that probably closes the door on Nick Ritchie going back to Boston. And if you're going to go with the strategy of sort of Nuge, Connor, and Leon down the middle, and you need better wingers, Nick Ritchie is a guy I'd have a lot of time for. Big bodies came coming off a year where he scored 15 goals. Um, that, Nick Ritchie would be interesting for me if he's on a cheap enough deal. Is there anybody, uh, Tyler, you're plugged into like free agency in terms of just who may be available. Is there anybody else out there that kind of tickles your fancy considering what's happened so far in the day? Uh, Thomas Tatar hasn't signed yet. Thomas Tatar would be interesting if you're trying to load up. And I think, again, like I think he's his value so low after how things ended in Montreal that if you were to pitch to Thomas Tatar, you know, after you get your goaltending sorted out, like, hey, man, we're going to do this three-center thing where we spread out our wingers and everyone's going to get a look with McDavid or Dreisaitl. One year, two million bucks. What do you think? Come here, light it up, do the Tyson Berry and whatever. Thomas Tatar would be a good fit if, again, the goaltending thing needs to be handled first. But if you're going the route of a winger, the big names are obviously Tatar, Brandon Saad, and Nick Ritchie is one that I would, I would personally like to have them keep an eye on. If you're keeping an eye on your own business, though, Tyler, I recommend our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. They've got products for auto, residential, commercial, life, whatever you need. Cornerstoneins.ca. Click on the old About tab, and you will see that for 90 years and four generations, Cornerstone has been a family and employee-owned business here in Edmonton. On the left-hand side of the screen, citizens of the nation get a little discount on your insurance. Go make it happen. Save yourself a couple of bucks as the NHL GMs are giving out plenty of their owner's money today. It's uh, overall just kind of, I know this is mm-hmm. early. We're still at two o'clock here on day one of free agency. How would you grade the Oilers roster turnover so far? Where they're at game four against the Winnipeg Jets to where they're at today. Do you think, first of all, are they a better team? And if so, how much better if you have the reverse, if they're not, how much worse? Tyler, you're making interesting faces. Yeah, I don't know there's change so that's like exciting right so from that perspective of like giving a shit to talk about i mean we haven't gotten to the fact they bought out james neal um there's change but they gave up a lot to make that change happen and they spent a lot to make that change happen so that's why i'm just kind of sitting here and, and kind of wincing and you know i'm if i had to throw a letter grade on it i'm going back and forth like like a c plus is that fair? They did like the Hyman deal changes in my mind though, because they did go out and get one of the best free agents on the market. B minus. The problem is, is the blue line. Like it, yeah, it really all, it really, it's hard. And we to don't know grade. what the goaltending is. Yeah. We don't know yet. It's not a finished product. And it's also hard because a lot of it comes down to the Duncan Keith move still. I mean, 
it, it, uh, this is exactly why I didn't like the trade in the first place is, you know, you committed to five and a half mil over two years for this guy. And it, uh, just looking at who's gone where, like I'd have rather thrown cash at Derek Forward than going, gone and done that, right? Like that's what it comes down to is, so you've now lost Larson and Kulikov, which was a fine shutdown pair. Kulikov was pretty ho-hum. Larson was very good. And now you have CC and Keith. And I have a very hard time telling myself that CC and Keith is superior to Larson and Kulikov. But Edmonton's better up front. They have Hyman now. Hyman's good. Hyman, Fogel, whoever the three C is, right? Yeah, that's better. And then it also ultimately, if this offseason is positive and they're going to be better than the last year, then it comes down to what they do with the goalie. If they replace Koskinen with somebody else, then sure, this offseason was a win. If they don't and they go back with a shittier blue line, a better forward group, and the same bad goalie combo, yeah, eh, it's kind of the same. Uh, I, I got I to gotta jump out of here, boys. So you guys enjoy Kemper Watch. I'm very sad that I'm leaving it, but my vacation duties call. So uh, Any final thoughts and, on free agency before you go, Tyler? If they find a way to swing a deal that involves Koskinen for Kemper, a lot will be forgiven in my eyes. If you have Darcy Kemper between the pipes next season, and we'll see how it plays out. Like There's still a couple of moves that Ken Holland can make here, so it should be a ton of fun. And there goes Tyler. We are losing him to his vacation. We've already lost Rick to the wind tunnel. Yeah. The tornado has thrown him into space. Oh, I was going to ask unfortunately. one question to you guys. I know I should have brought this up earlier, but I just want to know, why was Ethan Bear such a valuable asset? Zach, you want to jump in on this one? This is more so just for the people who are kind of more so like hating on like Ethan Bear. Because there's a lot of people who were kind of against him. They thought it was a good deal that we traded him away. But it's like, why was he such a valuable asset to have? Well, where do we begin? So I guess first and foremost, with a guy like Ethan Bear, he was a late round draft pick, right? So he's taken fourth, fifth round. Um, so first of all, you know, the fact that he's actually stepped into the NHL and played 100, 200 games already in and of itself is, is a success story because we don't typically see late round defensemen being able to do that. On top of that, he's a right shot. We know right shot defensemen are always more valuable than the, than the left shot guys. For a guy like Barry, he's posted really, really strong underlying numbers uh, analytically. That's actually shown his ability to be a strong two-way defenseman in the NHL. Now, eye test aside, because of course, yes, you know, the eye test shows that sometimes Bear isn't the best defenseman. He's not necessarily the biggest or most imposing guy. Um, but for a young player to be able to to control and push the pace of play, not only offensively, but defensively at, at such a young age, uh, I think is exactly what made a guy like Ethan Bear so valuable. You know, you look around the entire NHL, there's a very small amount of players that fits that sort of a skill set. And it's similar to what happened with Jeff Petrie and the Oilers years ago. And something that I was actually looking at the other day is when you look at their isolated impacts in the offensive and defensive zone, Ethan Bear at 23, 24 years old is doing things that Jeff Petrie still isn't doing now that he's reached his early 30s. Um, you know, so I think that's why a guy like Ethan Bear has been so highly valued uh, by so many people in this market. And what do you think about uh the, the fans that are kind of down on Ethan Bear. And you said it earlier, they kind of sold low, really. It is. Yeah, they, um, oh, sorry, oh, you, you said, said Dan, not Cam. My bad. Did you say Either Dan? Way. Cam? What, one you syllable name, go good. for it. I'll just, I was just going to say, too, like Zach covered the on-eye stuff, and yeah. Coom can cover it even better than I. Uh, but the, the, the thing I would say, too, is, is off the ice. Uh, Ethan Bear is a is a great ambassador for Indigenous youth. Uh, does a lot of work within his own with his within his own his own people um, to try and advance 
that group and and move them forward and that's that's that can't be understated i know that that's not a reason that you don't make a trade or don't make a transaction in a business but it can't be understated for a guy like ethan bear coom you go ahead yeah i think i feel like memory is really short here for everybody it's um ethan bear wasn't very good last year he really wasn't like he was fine he was especially not that great during the playoffs i think one thing that specifically stands out to everybody was um a turnover in game four that led to a key jets goal i can't remember if it was the overtime goal to be honest with you i've tuned a it lot of that series goal, i believe it was a time yeah. I, 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 i've tuned a lot of that series out of my brain for many reasons but we're not very far removed from a 22-year-old defenseman playing 71 games and logging 22 minutes a night and putting up 21 points and having a very positive goal differential. I mean, it's very uncommon. You find players that do that. These aren't players, I mean, these aren't players that grow on trees. And the exact same logic was used years ago when the Oilers acquired Adam Larson. It was, it's really fucking hard to find a good young right-handed D-man. And you have to trade Taylor Hall to get them. And now the coin has flipped and it's like, okay, we have a, you know, a good young right-handed puck moving defenseman and eh, he had a bad season. So let's get rid of him. It's, it's, to me, it just seems kind of short memoried. He wasn't great last year. I touched on earlier. I think a lot of that comes down to the concussion he suffered. And again, it was just kind of like a sell low situation. You're, you're telling yourself kind of this, what is he now? 24 years old. Yeah. He just turned 24 two days ago. He's not going to continue getting better. Like we have, we saw this with Jeff Petrie, right? He aged like a fine wine. His late twenties started to get really good. Justin Schultz, again, same thing. He broke out in his mid late twenties, like defensemen don't, they're not forwards. They don't peak when they're 22. So yeah. it just seemed like an early sell. I wish they had given him a little bit more of a leash. I agree completely. I just, I really wish that Ethan Bear was still part of this team today. I don't, here's the thing, Zach Hyman, you can talk about the, the term or the number, but there's no question that he makes the Oilers better today. Having Ethan Bear off the lineup, I don't know if that's the same thing. Warren Fogle, again, I'm excited about him. He's going to give some depth scoring, but the cost to acquire, I think when you're selling on a down year is a little bit problematic, but We'll see what happens as we go here. Another thing I want to bring up, this one's a bummer for me, but I kind of saw it coming. Jujar Kara signs a two-year yeah. contract with Chicago for nine seventy-five per. He's the kind of player that when he's on his game, he's very effective in, in a bottom six and penalty-killing role. However, he's also very streaky. He's a guy that you look back at a season from a couple of years ago when he scored 10 goals, and you're like, yes, Jujar, this is the guy. But then it kind of disappears a little bit, and then you combine it with hopefully some uh, concussion issues that are behind him. That's a understandable but tough loss. I want to talk Jujar Kara for a second. Zach, what are your thoughts on Jujar going to Chicago? Yeah, I loved him. Uh, well, I don't love the fact that he's left the Edmonton Oilers. Let me make that clear. Uh, I was always a huge fan of Juju Kara. Um, you know, the third uh, NHL player of Punjabi descent. He broke barriers all along the way. Uh, to even play and have an NHL career. And I think that's incredible in and of itself. You know, I know there was a lot of uh, talk about him potentially landing in Vancouver, uh, given that he is a native of nearby Surrey. But, uh, you know, I thought I always liked him as a player. I always had time for him on the lineup. Um, He was sort of one of those guys that I was always willing to kind of overlook the analytics on um, because I always felt that he brought a lot of, a lot of intangibles to the Oilers bottom six. He was a big, tough guy. 
Uh, he never shied away from dropping the mitts and standing up for his teammates. And on top of that, he's actually been one of the uh, best penalty killers in the entire National Hockey League over the last couple of years. Um, and I think that's something that is actually going to be really missed. And I think that um, the Oilers' penalty kill is going to be a lot different looking next year. Uh, obviously, there will be Hyman who can step in there. A guy like Warren Fogle is also able to do so. Uh, both of those guys had relatively strong success with their uh, previous teams. So it's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting blend, to say the least. Dan, we've talked about Jujar a lot on the podcast. We're all fans of him. Sad to see him go, but it's almost, I mean, understandable is maybe not the right word, but it's kind of like, shit, kind of saw this one coming. Yeah, it's one of those things when you have a guy on your team for years and you you he's given opportunities to succeed um, and he's unable to take those, you know, as a team, sometimes you just have to part ways. Uh, love Jujar Kara. I remember fondly dreaming of a time when Jujar Kara would be our next Pat Maroon. Um, Jason Greger swooped in and dispelled me of that thought pretty quickly back in 2018 and he was yeah, he absolutely that. correct. He was absolutely correct now. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Sucks he's going to the Blackhawks. Don't like the Blackhawks in general. And uh, that's my – but I hope he does well there. That's that's it for me. Waz, thoughts on Juju? No, I loved him as an oiler. I think uh, Zach kind of put it on uh, perfectly as well. Why I just enjoyed what he was, what he brought. It's a shame that in- he got a few injuries, a few concussions along the way, but he was always willing to fight for his teammates. And we kind of, we don't have many players like that right now in the organization. So I don't know who's going to fill that spot, especially maybe if Zach Cassian steps out if he gets dealt. So I don't know. He's a player that, yeah, he's very inconsistent, obviously, but there's a reason why he's in the bottom six. Um, he played his role fine. Obviously, in the playoffs, he made some mistakes, but who didn't? There was a few players, right? It wasn't just him. So, um, I'm I'm gonna be sad. It's, it's sad seeing him leave, but I hope he excels in Chicago. Uh, another thing we haven't even had a chance to touch on yet: huge, huge news week for the Oilers. Uh, James Neal buyout officially went through this morning, so that is 1.916 in dead cap space for the next four years. Oilers have 4.16 million in dead cap space this season. That's Neil buyout. That's Sakara buyout. And that is the remainder of what's left on the Milan Lucic retention. Cam, what do you think about James Neil buyout? It makes sense. Oilers save 3 million and whatever that is for year one and two, then some dead cap space going into three and four. Yeah, this was always inevitable, and this is why the Neil for Lucic one for one, not really a one for one because Calgary got a draft pick, but you know, basically the one for one was advantageous to the Oilers. Is Lucic's contract is impossible to buy out, so the Flames will have him on their team until that's finished, no matter what, no matter how good he is, unless he, you know, develops a skin, yeah, a skin condition like Marion Hosa did, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Whereas the Oilers, they acquired themselves a contract that was quite easy to buy out. This isn't a huge hit. They saved some cash for two years, take on a sub two million dollar cap hit for the two years after that. And I mean, honestly. Neil had a really cool burner for the Oilers in his first season with the team, and they got pretty good value to that. He helped them win a whole bunch of games early on last year, so he got some value out of that. I still think that was probably probably the best trade that Ken Holland has made as the GM. And Zach, cost them a draft pick as well. Uh, something, uh, yeah, and the really... fact that Neil didn't even get 20 goals, but yet it's got prorated to 20 goals somehow. Anyway, who's counting that, though, by the way? Zach, go ahead. 
Uh, so obviously the James Neal situation, I think you guys covered it all pretty well there. Uh, to bounce back to some Darcy Kemper talk from earlier, uh, Craig Morgan, who is a reporter down in Arizona, he's reporting that Edmonton is a team that definitely has interest, but they would need to shed Koskinen. And that was in response to uh, Andy Strickland's previous report about a second team showing serious interest in Darcy Kemper. So Kemper watches on uh, full, full steam ahead right now. Kemper Watch rages on as we get into the last half of Oilers Nation Radio emergency episode. Uh, looking through Twitter quickly, Zach Hyman, quote from him, I want to go to the team that wanted me the most. Here we are in Edmonton Oilers today. I think for the most part, people are excited about Zach Hyman. We'll complain about the contract another day, but not today. Not today. Uh, looking through, I think uh, I'm just kind of scrolling Twitter as you guys were talking here, and a thing that a lot of other fan bases, I'm always interested in what other fan bases say about team moves. A lot of them pointing at the Oilers defense. Is that a concern for you guys as it is a joking point for other teams and their fans right now? Dan, I want to start with you. Let's talk a little defense. Are the Oilers bad on D? Okay, so so my thoughts about the Oilers D is... They were really good in the regular season offensively last year. One of the best offensive teams uh, defensively wise. Then they went to the playoffs and Ethan Bear said it best when he said that they were playing scared. And so for me, while talent wise, this team isn't better on the back end. I believe that this team will be more confident going into tougher situations like they did against the Winnipeg Jets. I don't think you see as much tentativeness outside of their own zone as we did in the playoffs, but this team did play really well defensively in the playoffs. So there's that too. Um, I, I would say skill wise, we're not as good, but confidence wise, we're probably better, which is a weird way to look at it. Cam. There's a lot of question marks here. One of them is okay. So Duncan Keith logged a stupid amount of minutes last year for the Blackhawks, given his age. And the sentiment generally is if he comes in and goes down to playing 19 minutes a night, he'll be significantly better. Now we don't know if that's actually going to be the case. He's 38 years old. Uh, Another one, again, as I mentioned earlier, was Evan Bouchard. How good is he going to be next year? Only played, you know, a handful of games in 2021. He, you know, watched from the press box most of the season. He didn't play in the AHL. He had some games in the second league in Sweden. We don't really know what to expect from that guy next year. Cody Ceci, same thing. Had a pretty good season in Pittsburgh, but are those skills going to translate? You know, did he have a great relationship with his, you know, D pair uh, partner? Did he, you know, get along with a coach really well? Did they teach him something? Is Is it different? Like what's going on there? We don't know. There's so many question marks, but what I will say is that I think the Oilers blue line will be kind of what Dan was saying. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I think they're going to be tougher to play against. Duncan Keith isn't an easy guy to play against. He's the kind of guy who will cross check you in the face. Cody Cece is the kind of guy who will elbow you in the jaw. They're not going to be easy to play against, but I, 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 I do kind of worry about the skill on the blue line. I don't think there's... Yeah, puck moving is a puck moving is going to be a bit of a challenge. And I really do believe the X factor is Bouchard. How good can he be in his first full season in the league? If he comes in and he's very good, then, you know, Cody Cece is all of a sudden a third pairing guy and it looks a lot better. But that really is the big X factor. And it, it, it really is hard. To, it, it's hard to look at this blue line on paper and say that it's better now than it was last year. Because I think we might underestimate the extent to which Adam Larson is a loss. He was very good. He's very, very good. In terms very of good. be in terms of what he did in his job, he did it. 
you know, and I think that if your replacement is Cody Cece, I think Oilers fans have kind of got to recognize that it is Cam's right. Evan Bouchard's the wild card here. Evan Bouchard is the guy who, if he steps up and he plays well beyond a third pairing right hand defenseman, that you need that. Yeah. Right. You need him to succeed because he is a major cog in this. Essentially, it's the Oilers gave up. Well, they gave up Bear because Bouchard's here and Barry's here. So, you know, Bear's gone. So there's a lot, I wouldn't say a lot of pressure on Evan Bouchard, but there is some in terms of the decision made to have him as play a, a major role, which I think he can do, you know, limited, uh, limited at bats last year, but we'll see. Zach, if you're thinking about Evan Bouchard, do you think there's pressure on the young kid given what's happened on that blue line since the season ended? Yeah, I think there's an element of it. You know, I think the fact that, you know, Evan Bouchard is expected to come in and be an everyday defenseman in the NHL this year for the Edmonton Oilers. Ken Holland has not shied away from mentioning that um, in any of the press conferences that we've heard. So, you know, the the expectation is that Bouchard steps in and is a a solid defenseman for the Oilers. Now, let's not forget that, uh, you know, Bouchard has also had, has shown some success so far in his brief time in the NHL. Dating back to his days in junior hockey, he's ran the power play. Um, he did that in the American Hockey League very successfully. And something else that's really important, too, is that Evan Bouchard also can kill penalties. It was something that he was doing down in Bakersfield for the Condors. And I think that's uh, something that everybody has to keep in mind when we step into this next season. I think Bouchard's going to step in and be a really, really good defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers next year and, and surprise a lot of people. Here's hoping, right? Like, we need him. I think, uh, Dan, any final thoughts on Bouchard before we move into hot and cold performers? I myself am excited that it kind of signals to me that this organization is ready to move forward with him. Uh, but it's absolutely a correct concern to have that a player in his rookie year may not live up to the expectations of the organization. Therefore, we're in trouble. Deuce Vodka, of course, is the vodka brand from our friend Brett Kissel. If you look at his Twitter account sometimes you will see him wearing nation gear and he's a very handsome man very handsome and talented now he's got a vodka brand under his belt as well deucevodka.com if you go there and click find in store there's a store locator for all of the places where you can get deuce vodka and enjoy it responsible maybe free agency is so exciting to you that it's time for a caesar or a cocktail maybe a vodka soda be delicious Deucevodka.com, go check it out. As we do every week, we start with our veggies here. It is time for the cold performers. And this one's going to get interesting because there's more people here. Six of us. Nation Dan, you're first up on my screen. Your Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week. My Deuce Vodka cold performer of the week is going to go out to uh, people like myself who just see stuff on the internet and we take it for gospel. Recently, uh, something leaked out from Elliot Friedman's podcast about how Adam Larson apparently doesn't like that Oilers fans were talking badly about him, specifically the trade is one for one line that took fire and caught fire. And the Oilers Twitter has created another civil war around talking negatively about a player and how the player might see you talk negatively about him or joke about them. It's all nonsense. It all turns out it was a misquote. Friedman didn't confirm anything. And he was just like you and I wondering why Adam Larson wanted to leave Edmonton. So my cold performer of the week is going to be people like myself who don't do the research themselves and just take what other people say to be the gospel. Make sure you check your sources, people, before you get inflammatory. 
So that's my Cole performer of the week. Burr, burr. I also saw the tweet going around and uh, I heard the hit when Friedman was talking about it. And it was like Dan said, he was just kind of like thinking out loud is kind of what it was. It was, but there's nothing, conf- nothing confirmed. Like, it's like, no, it's like today when I said, it's like today when I said, I wonder if Ethan bear wants out of Edmonton, wanted out of Edmonton. That is not a question based in any kind of factual reality. It is just me throwing out a thought wondering if it sticks. Chat. I, it's banter. Yes. I really it's... hope. Oh, sorry. I was gonna mention. I really hope Sportsnet does one of those like special pieces when like the Kraken play Edmonton, and it's like Adam Larson on why he left and whatever, like during the second intermission and whatnot. I don't want to see it because it'll just make me sad. <laughs> We've already lost yeah, Clefbaum so... and Larson. Our Sports Swedish all abs team is getting. They like to do that. They like to make sad things during intermissions and all emotional. I'm like, okay, sure. Yes, they do. Zach, you're up next. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week, sir. Uh, my Cold Performer of the Week is the elevators in my building. They <laughs> went down last week, and we had a fire alarm at 11 o'clock at night, and I had to walk down 16 flights of stairs and then had to walk back up 16 flights of stairs not long after. So that, they're my Cold Performer of the Week. Burning the old legs. Absolute oh, quad cold. Stair boys. <laughs> Stair boys. You're just getting ready for our Vegas trip, buddy. That's, That's all. right. That's right. Uh, Kumsi, you're next up. Cold for I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I wanted to make this a hot or a cold, but I have one for hot, so I'm just going to make this my cold. I don't know if this will make any sense, but seldom do I say things that make any sense. So, cold performer Toronto Maple Leafs because they allowed the perfect player to fuck them over next year to sign with the Boston Bruins. Nick Foligno, who they aggressively overpaid for at last year's trade deadline and was yeah. a complete mess for them, <laughs> accomplishing literally nothing has signed a two-year deal with the Boston Bruins. So pencil in that he's going to score the game-winning goal in probably at least three overtime games in the Leafs' first-round series loss to the Bruins next spring. <laughs> oh, that's cold. Of course, we're doing our own... We're doing our own sound effects here because Tyler doesn't have his board. He's not even here. Waz, you're next up. Deuce hmm. Vodka, Colt Farmer of the Week. This is tough. I don't know where to go. I, I kind of want to... Hey, Zoom. Zoom. Yeah, Zoom honestly screwed me over a couple times here, making things a little bit hectic. But I kind of want to go to the Oilers' management and what they've kind of done with our defense, making it so... We, we, I, I still feel like we need that shutdown defenseman, and the fact that we lost Adam Larson, it, just, it, it makes me feel uneasy about our defense going into next season. So uh, I'll give it to the Oilers' management so far. I like some of the players we brought in. I just don't like what we've given up so far. So... Oh boy. Can, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh <laughs> boy. Uh, my Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week is Oilers Twitter. And I'll tell you why. Some of the meltdowns that we've been witnessing on Twitter this, this week, just uh, I've never seen anything like it before. And I know that I like to make jokes and I like to crack, you know, just talk shit. That's what I like to do. A lot of people take it very seriously. A lot of people get very mad at me when I make jokes that I think are obvious jokes, but I guess it doesn't come off as an obvious joke on Twitter. However, I still get yelled at. I know everybody on this call and this Zoom call has been yelled at on Twitter at some point, probably this week. So I'm going to say Oilers Twitter, you are my Deuce Vodka Cole Performer of the Week. You all need to chill and relax. I'm upset too about things, but come on, man. Good Lord. We're just out having some fun. Hashtag fun. 
Leave I'm upset. Yeah. Thank you. My heart Thank goes out to, to Zach because he made one post, one article. It's like, oh, another negative article from Zach. I'm like, what? People Just, love uh, content. Yeah. It's, it's starting to, to sound like the Oilers are the other team. That is uh, in on the Darcy Kemper the other trade. Uh, Craig like Morgan having, put it, it out like there. The other man in the affair. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. It is Joe Sackick versus Ken Holland. Oh, mano my. a mano for oh, Darcy no. Kemper. Oh, this, we, is this is going to be a wild one here, everybody. We may have to go to a fourth Zoom window, depending on if <laughs> this actually imagine? goes through before the end of hot and cold performance. All right, well, let's flip the ledger. Little bright sides from the last seven seven days in our lives. Waz, we're reversing the order, starting with you. I'm gonna go outside of the hockey world and I'm gonna go to the world I'm very familiar with, which is the soccer world, football world. And my team, Manchester United, signed one of the best defenders in the world for a good price. I'm happy with is that. It David season. Beckham? No, it's Rafael Varane. Fantastic player. Uh, um, more of a Michelangelo guy. Myself. No, <laughs> but it's, it's a good deal. And hopefully we can push for a title uh, next season. Maybe our coach is really hit and miss. So we'll see. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shout out to Manchester United. Put there some respect on my name. There we go. Hey. I like that. Coombs here next up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Blue Jays. Because they're coming home. That's right. You're going to a game soon. <laughs> I am. I'm going on Friday. That's and on exciting. Sunday. And on Monday. I'm going to three Blue Jays games in four days. A year and a half ago, I thought I was never going to watch a live baseball game in my life. And now here we are. The Blue Jays are back. It's going to be sick. It's going to be so fucking good. So that's a hot thing. Oh, that's hot. No, what's the one? Dan, I need some buttons here. He's a hot uh, guy. There you there go. Yeah, that's a good one. How, uh, Cam, how much is a ticket to a Blue Jays game? Just a general ticket to a Jays game these days. So to get generals, it's like, it's not even like that expensive. It's just fucking impossible to get them because they're limited to 15,000 capacity. Oh, right. So what they did is they gave top priority to whoever's invested in um, season tickets for 2022. So if you purchase that, then you were front of the line for these games here, the opening weekend. And one of my friends bought season tickets. So he grabbed me a pair uh, for this. And then, uh, then, then after that, it was, if you'd purchased a flex pack for next year, and then it was Rogers employees. And then it was general public. They sold out in like six minutes. And I just happened to get one on Sunday randomly as well. So pretty big win for your boy Coonsy. So what are we talking about? $50? Hundred dollars? Uh, I got 100 level uh, first base, a few rows back of the dugout for like 86 bucks for the first game. Then I got up in the 200s uh, in the second game for like 56 bucks. Not terrible. Like pretty, pretty standard. Hashtag fun at the Jays game. Coming That's up. right. Love baseball. Zach, Zach Lang, you're up one next. One sec, Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Pierre Lebrun just reporting that Ryan Getzlaff is finalizing the paperwork with the Anaheim Ducks for four and a half million dollars for one year. He sucks. Breaking news on the podcast. And he doesn't even say, he doesn't even say the Oilers were the top team. It was Dallas and Montreal that were showing strong interest. Yeah, I'm not surprised at that. Four and a half million bucks though for one year at Getzlaff. That would have been a spicy meatball here. (laughs) Way too Uh, much money. Zach, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. My hot performer of the week is Zach Hyman. He wanted to be an Edmonton Oiler from the get-go. The Oilers were granted permission to speak with him. They did so. They managed to convince Zach Hyman to come to the Edmonton Oilers. Zach Hyman is now going to be an Edmonton Oilers for multiple years. Let's just put it that way. We don't know what's going to happen by the end of the contract. Right now, he's an Edmonton Oiler. He wants to be an Edmonton Oiler, and he is going to help the Edmonton Oilers in a big way. That's hot. 
We don't have a lot of hot buttons. No, we need more hot buttons. Dan, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Well, uh, my Deuce Vodka, I've been doing the sample. Holy, I've been sampling some Deuce Vodka before I did this one. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week, is going to go out to all of the outgoing Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I'm going to miss some of them in my list because I just wrote it up right now. It's Caleb Jones, it's Adam Larson, it's Jujar Carrot, it's Gaetan Haas, it's Ethan Baird, it's Tyler Ennis, it's James Neal, and maybe Miko Koskinen. Uh, all of you guys, there's some great memories with each of those players. The moniker, once an Oiler, always an Oiler, will always live on. And so you're always an Edmonton Oiler in our hearts. Wish the best of luck to all those players with their new teams or their retirement if, uh, if some of those players opt for that. But uh, you guys are all my hot performer of the week. You missed. It's um, getting hot in her. I'm gonna list off some names that you missed. Yeah, Joachim Nygaard and Gaten Haas. Of course, I said Haas. Legends. Oh, you said Haas? Yes. Okay, my bad. Sorry. Sorry. Kulikov. Oh Kulikov? yes, of course, Kulikov. And no, I didn't Dylan say Kulikov. Dylan Wells. Ah yes, Ooh. yes, Dylan Wells. Uh, oh, you we welcomed We welcomed in future considerations, I, though. That's. I was distracted by future considerations. When you get the chance to get a future considerations jersey, you got to get it. You know. And then proceed to make a trade with them right afterwards and don't get any future considerations from it. Okay, I'm just looking at a little bit of Twitter before I give my picks. They'll know Darcy Camper. We'll see. We'll see. My Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week, is actually a future where we're able to use all the Fogel gifs we've ever wanted. Anytime Warren Fogel scores, I love McLovin. Everybody loves McLovin. I'm looking forward to it. I may be sad about Ethan Bear, but I'm going to find a bright side in this one. And it's the Fogel GIFs. That's it. McLovin all around. We've been making them already. I saw Dan made a Photoshop already. It's begun. It has begun. Warren Fogel, if you're going to come to Edmonton, give us an opportunity to use GIFs. And I thank you for it. Hot performer of the week. Dan, I need a button. Uh, what is it? I put sizzle? that on everything. Yes. <laughs> Dev Harvey's boys wheels up. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good one. Eat skirt. We could also give a hot performer of the week to Nation Network insider, Greg Saravalli. Huh? I think I gave him one last week, so he can only have one. All right. Well, then I'll Everybody give it one. to my dog, Frank. He does good nice. stuff, too. He's predicted all kinds of things. You just don't know about it. It's been a minute. All right. Last look at Kemper Watch. Nothing new. There's nothing new here. So we're going to shut it down. And I guarantee you, as I say goodbye, this is where that trade happens. Watch I guess just be, before we... I was going to say, uh, Linus Olmark has apparently signed with the team. But we just don't know yet. Maybe it's Edmonton. Would you guys be happy if the Oilers parted with their first in 2022 as part of the package for Darcy Kemper? Like, let's just follow it through. Would you be okay with that? Yes, in a yeah. sense, depending on how deep we go next season, that's the big question mark. If we went like let's say third round, maybe, um, yeah, I'd be fine with that. Back, what do you think? Yeah, I'm all in. I, I the Oilers need to seriously address their goaltending, and I think Kemper's the number one goalie that would uh, seriously help the Oilers. So yeah, I'm, I'm in for it. Kunzi? No, I don't. I have to know exactly like what's going on there. If they give up a first and. They also take Koskinen back full on. 
and there's something else coming back, like maybe a prospect or a middling guy, like a winger, like maybe Phil Kessel half retained or something like that, then sure. But Kemper was pretty bad last year. He's had a lot of injuries. It's also like his numbers might be inflated because the Coyotes are actually pretty good defensively. So I think that's a bit of a gamble for a guy with only one year left on his deal. I just think there's, there's better goalies out there if you're going to throw away your first round pick. Dan? Um, I, the only thing I'll say is that we can't go forward with a, a tandem of Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, one or the other, and we've signed Mike Smith. So to me, it, we have to replace Miko Koskinen. And while Coom is right, absolutely correct about Darcy Kempner and the question marks there. Uh, if, if the cost of acquisition is to have him come in and Miko Koskinen out, I'm okay with that still. We'll see what happens. It's day one of free agency. This is the emergency podcast. Was good luck piecing this one together. <laughs> That'd be interesting. <laughs> Three separate Zoom calls it took yeah. to get this one in, but we did well, it. Best wishes. We made it. So for all, I am Bag Milk from Waz, Coom, Zach Lang, Dan, Rick, Tyler, and the Great Gazoo. This has been Oilers Nation Radio episode 150. Mm-hmm. Free agency still goes on. We may be back, or we may not. Thank you again to Sherwood Ford, Bixler's Jewelers, Cornerstone Insurance, and Deuce Vodka for making it all happen. And for you listening, we'll be back on Friday at our normal bat time and the normal bat channel. Thanks, everybody. I'm so excited Kuma's here. Shout out Rick's Wind Tunnel. Best wishes. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.